hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John. And welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. Mm-hmm. So this episode, mm-hmm. what what an episode. I loved it. I honestly did. I know it sounds like I'm being sarcastic. Uh-huh. This was so fun. Everyone was doing different things. So we all know that I get a little bit annoyed at the persona of Cole Sprouse. And if I've never said that on the podcast, I've certainly said it to John. (laughs) So Cole Sprouse has this way about him that is, how can I describe it? It's not condescending. It's like... It is um, pretentious? Pretentious, yeah. All due respect. And I don't know if he is like this in real life or if he Wasn't just comes to... like an interview recently? Well, this him? is like, exactly... Yeah. You're not even purposefully segueing it, but that was the segue. So from our audience member, someone said, and I am trying to grab their name, but basically, do we think that the reason that Bughead is dead is because of Cole Sprouse's interview on Call Her Daddy with Alex Cooper, where he basically kind of spilled a little bit of tea about the Lily Reinhardt breakup. I don't think so. When did this interview happen? It definitely didn't happen within the season. Right. So, no. But I also don't think he said anything that bad about Lily at all on that interview. I do get the feeling that Bughead's long life is very much because they were dating in real life. Yeah. And I think once that relationship did end, it became a lot easier to... And Bughead and let it stay dead. Yes, I agree. And who knows if it'll come back. I have a feeling it probably won't. No. uh, In fact, they're playing way more into the classic roles and archetypes of Archie now than they ever have before. Yes. And I think it's it's very fun what the Jughead of this episode is doing versus the brooding thing that he usually does. I do get the impression that... Like, while they were prepping for the this season or while they were shooting the previous episode. Was that Stella? That was Stella. That was crazy. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? That was insane. She's I'll never get, made I get noise. the impression that maybe during the last episode or even while during prep or whatever, Cole saw everyone else kind of having fun playing 50s personas. And he's like, and then I got to be over here in the corner spouting things like a madman. Right. Can I just be a 50s guy? I'd love that. And, and this episode is what we got, which I love. Yeah, it also completely broke apart my thing where it's like every episode will follow these three things. No, this one was just good. This is just a good episode of Riverdale. I really like what they're doing. I know that we're eventually probably going to get into some... I have some theories about this, which we'll save for the rumor mill. I know we're eventually going to get into probably something that's a little bit more attuned to like the River Vale season eventually. Something where it's like, well, we got to go reset the Wouldn't social order. Wouldn't it be order. so funny if they don't, though? The, and if it's it just does, this. it's just like a season of Riverdale in the 50s. It ends at the very end. You, It's like Back to the Future. <laughs> uh, Tabitha runs and is like, Marty! That would actually... I don't hate Jughead. that. I, I do not hate that. Disgraced nuclear <laughs> physicist Tabitha. Should be great. We were just, yeah. we were just talking before recording that um, 100% an episode this season will be titled Back to the Future. Yeah, it's just... And it's more of a question of if than when. Or I think it's when than if. It has to be, right? Like, when will they do it versus if they will do That's, it. Yeah. When. When will it be? Take your bets now. Yeah, we should we should start, actually. We should take in bets. We're going to get on FanDuel. <laughs> Cash <and> app. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. 
Wait, is there actually a thing that's there's like an app that does that? No. Oh. <laughs> FanDuel is for like sports betting. Oh. That, They've been that, like going yeah. across the country, you know, state by state, getting people to change their laws to allow online sports betting. And oh. Here in California, the Native American tribes are like, hey. Please don't do that. We control very few things. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and if they're, I, like, they're like, ha but. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I know online sports betting is like a big thing and like has a lot of money behind it, but I don't know anything about sports, really. So sports betting is way outside my mouth. Frankly, I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume <laughs> our audience also does not come to this podcast for sports. So what are we just saying about the market research for our audience is that they don't ride motorcycles and they don't really like sports that much? I feel confident saying those two I think, things. I think that's fair. Yeah. Nobody's complained to me yet in the comments. No, we haven't gotten so, a single response yet. Yeah, exactly. No motorcycle fans have been like, I took a lot of offense to that, so... Well, this episode is titled Chapter 119, Skip, Hop, and Thump. What can you tell me about that? Okay, so I thought this would be like a title that meant something. It seemingly... (laughs) So the only reference that I could find is a Steam game called Hop, Skip, and Thump. Um, In case anyone's curious, the developer is a man named William Lottie. And it's like a strategy-based game. It's not like a... Are you sure this is this is the thing they were referencing? No, but I couldn't find anything else. And so this is the thing that came up. It's a deceptively deceptively tricky turn-based strategy game. There's a song. I've got a song right here. Bobby Roberts, Hop, Skip, and Jump, if it would just play. But this is Thump. The Collins Kids, Hop, Skip, and Jump. Oh, okay. Wait, is it Thump or Jump? Because I, I thought it was Thump. You may beat Skip on his own, but are you smart enough to win when the thump monsters invade? I don't understand. It looks like it's like a checkers type game. But what at first appears to be a simple game becomes way more challenging. Maybe that's what they mean. You didn't find anything either, right? I really looked for a while. It's only recaps of the show now. It's weird, right? I think that they misquoted that song, though. On the Archieverse wiki, I think they think it was hop, skip, and jump, as in the phrase where the chapter takes its name from dates from the early 1700s. It originally referred to an exercise or a game involving hopping, skipping, and jumping. Since the mid-1800s, the expression has been used figuratively to mean short distances, which is also no, because it's a hop, skip, and a thump on this. Maybe that is it, that they're playing on hop, skip, and... Why is it in the wrong order? A hop, skip, and a jump is the way we say it, and they're skip, hop, and thump, which is just... Not a thing. Is that nothing? Is that meant to be like a thump on the head? What am I supposed to take from this? I don't know. I'm losing my mind, actually, (laughs) the more I try to look into it. Nothing breaks me harder than this show not doing the one rule it established for itself from the beginning. It's about, it's movie and sometimes book and the, play like, references. Yeah, but like yes. the two or three times it's happened where it's like, this is from nothing. We have sat here for like a half hour bringing <laughs> like, our heads scroll. open because it's like, no, but like the, the only consistency of the show is this one thing. <laughs> anyway. It's not Cheryl's personality. I, so. I, I, this title was chosen by Ariana Jackson who wrote the episode. She's been a writer on the show for a while before now. So she wrote Men of Honor, one of our favorites cool. of all time. She also wrote uh, some chapters last season, like Return of the Pussycats. That was fun. Or rather, sorry, she wrote that in season five. She didn't write on last season. Oh. Can you guess why? It was the pandemic. 
Pretty Little Liars. What is it? She is credited as the creator of the CW4400. <gasps> That's fun. Yeah. Did that air already? It, it aired and was canceled. Oh, okay. You didn't watch it. No, I didn't. I didn't watch it either. Oh, I'm sorry, Ariana. That sucks. It's not your fault that the CW was the... bought by people who called me a 65-year-old and decided to cancel True. everything I watched. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about the 4400 outside of what you have told me about the 4400. Mm-hmm. And didn't it come out kind of recently? Like, it was this one, yes, obviously. But the, the other one was... With the 2000s. It's just weird. Which feels more recent than it actually was. I know. That's that's upsetting. It's probably over 10 years old. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So. Uh, this episode was directed by Ronald Paul Richard, who directed last episode. Oh, okay. So we know him. Familiar yeah, he, with him. They, last had, they had him in for a twofer. You know, nice. Prep one right after the other or while doing the other. That's actually hard stuff. Yeah. All right. So I divided this into three storylines. Arguably, it could have been two. Uh, we have horror comics. Cool. We have Betty and Veronica. We have the sock hop. Oh, let's do Betty and Veronica. Okay. Not get it over with. This but, really you know. played out like something that I would have read in an old Archie comics. I love story. this. Oh, I love everything about this episode. Archie asks Veronica to the sock hop. And she is like, I would rather have you all fight to the death over me. The first barrier she puts in his way is that she wants him to demonstrate his dancing ability. Well, she for says, her. Can you cut a rug? And he right. looks so confused. Right. So very confused. Where do you think that expression came from? I thought about this, and my the only thing that I can think of is that if you're dancing so fast, maybe you right. slice the rug. Yeah. But <laughs> He's that's, so good at dancing, he cut the rug up as he was doing it. I think that's probably what it is, yeah. but I have no idea. Betty goes over, or Archie goes over to Betty's house so that she can teach him to dance. She tries to teach him the twist, and he is um, the worst. When I saw this scene, I realized that I actually didn't know how to do the twist either because I was, I thought it was more hips. It's not. Betty's doing it right where it's just the top. It's not a lot of movement. No, I always. And then Archie's like, his whole body is like, I'm boxing, right? That's the move. I just feel like in my soul, I should be doing this as I was boxing a bear. (laughs) I don't know. So I'm fighting for my life out here. And she's like, no, it's the twist. It's just the twist. Yeah, I didn't know how to do the twist. I was like Archie. And they, uh, they switch to slow dancing and get real close to mm, one another. I This is the first time... You felt I, it? I loved Archie in this scene. Mm-hmm. Because Archie is fundamentally different. KJ Appa is doing good work here. Right. So is Lily Reinhardt. They're such different people. I'm obsessed with them, and I want them together now. Right. And, and interestingly enough, an element of Betty's feelings in this episode really aren't even for Archie specifically as they are for just the idea of being in a real relationship yes. with somebody who would do that with her. You know who is the worst in the 50s? Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> they're like, Kevin, we have something new for you this year. And he's like, I'm great. And they're like, actually, you're the worst. And he's like, that's you're... the same thing you do every year. Oh, no. Poor, yes. Oh, my God. Terrible. I understand he's dealing with some stuff. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, he's so mean to Betty. Alice is also unchanged in the past. I was kind of yeah. hoping she would have a different vibe. No. She had to come and be like, oh, I love Archie now. This version of Alice is obsessed with getting them together. But no, she, she's just kind of kicking Archie out like she always would have. I will say it's a little unclear why she would not like Archie. Because in this universe, there was no Jason Blossom to, you know, get Polly pregnant. Is there even a Polly? <laughs> I have a couple of theories about this. Uh-huh. My, but we can get there. About the dead, the people who are dead... 
in the real quote-unquote world how they are not present in the fictional world midge is a different person mm-hmm. jason's not around right polly i think is a is she alluded to i can't even remember uh no one has spoken her name so they're gone even midge who is dead you I, know listen i think recastings are just recastings i don't think there's we'll anything more to read into that yes and i think midge is uh in a midge is in a show that we know about midge is busy <laughs> she's busy Cheryl is going around selling sock hop tickets at a makeout spot near the river, which is a totally normal thing yeah. to do. I assumed people did that all the time in the 50s. Why wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> <laughs> so Fangs and Midge. Right, new Midge. New Midge. New, nuevo Midge. Midge <laughs> are kissing in the car. Mm-hmm. And Fangs is just really, he's really just given like the best like his whole vibe this episode is i am too cool for all of these interactions it's great Mm -hmm. um and midge is very funny because she's clearly terrified of cheryl yeah which i understand could be very scary uh meanwhile betty and kevin are sitting together in a (laughs) car nearby in quiet chasteness Kevin doesn't even look like he could stand being around. He looks so Betty. upset that he's doing that at all. It's so weird. She's like, "What are you thinking about?" He's like, "Pretending I'm not gay." <laughs> no, like, but he's so like he really just gives off the worst vibes. It's very strange because like yeah, Kevin and Betty are friends in the real world. The irony is that Kevin playing straight makes him come off as kind of a psychopath. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. I, I, the Casey Cott is a straight man. I know. Huh. Interesting. Interesting to unpack. I've actually, I've only ever seen Casey Cott in one other thing, and that was a Sabrina Carpenter music video. He was great at it. Kevin didn't invite Betty to the sock hop, and when she tries to kiss him, <laughs> he pushes her off. She's like, I don't want a cold. And calls her a sex maniac. <laughs> yes. She just wants to get pinned. Which does sound like a sex thing. It does sound like a sex thing. I'm just thinking about how Betty's arc in like season three was that she was into BDSM. So it was like... <laughs> kind of? Sort of? I guess getting pinned in the time period is like, if you're an athlete, you have some kind of pin they give you. Yeah. I assume other honor societies and whatnot might give them out too. And if you have a serious girlfriend... Because she's not allowed to be on those things. Right. You instead (laughs) anoint her with your pin that she's able to point to and be like, a boy gave me this. I am his property. Have you ever seen the musical um, Bye Bye Birdie? Long time ago. I couldn't recall a lot of plot points at this point. So the only thing that I remember, I mean, I remember a lot of things from Bye Bye Birdie because it's a great play. What is that weird noise? That's an engine. Is someone doing lawn work right now? They shouldn't be. Monica, he brushed up on his dancing. Cutting And she's like, I don't care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I have a new hoop. (laughs) Yeah, I've got this new hoop at home. It's going to be great. I need to to test your ability to talk. Oh, that's really hard, though. Entertain me. No. I actually do think they're doing really good character work with Veronica because it's clear why she is like this. As opposed to sometimes I feel like in other iterations of Veronica, it is significantly less clear what her motives are for anything. But here it seems like she is trying to toy with these guys because if she can kind of prolong 
the intimacy between them, she can like protect herself from getting hurt. It's like we've all. I've the thing with Veronica has always been like she needs to stop lying to herself. Yes. Uh, and this version of her is even more so, and even more so in a way that feels even easier to call out and recognize. Which makes me happy because, like, if that is in the text that we're calling her out on on her on her shit, then hey, about time. You know, she might make another casino though. It's never too late. She could learn nothing from all of this. Right. Yeah. Right. We'll see. Archie leaves the room revealing like Betty in the corner mm. who just stares across at Veronica and she's like, how do you, how do you even do that? And she's like, do what? Oh, boys. Yeah. Controlling men. She says we're not too, too complicated. Yeah. That's probably true. <laughs> Sorry, guys. At least these guys. Not too complicated. So Veronica wants... Betty to uh, emotionally manipulate Kevin by going out with somebody else. And you know, maybe Kevin needs that. Just, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Kevin is kind of playing his own game. Not game, but like, he's in a, he does not care. He, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's just... I didn't want to hurt you. I just couldn't oh. have anyone know me for who I really am. Oh my God. Poor Kevin. Yeah. Wow. I like Kevin's uh, new love interest, though. He seems nice. Yeah, that's in a different storyline. Different, different Archie's thing. suit jacket is too small. That was very cute, though. He must have mm. worn that in middle school. Never again. Oh. He like, got his first communion that was like, all right, I'm going to get huge now. I just, you know, I've never been the biggest fan of the Archie character on Riverdale. Not Why? that I, I don't hate him or anything, but... Multiple. The last couple seasons, you're on the record for liking him. Yeah, but I will say this is the best he's ever been because he is so sweet. And just such a good little boy. So simple. So simple. Even his mom's like, he's the simplest kid. <laughs> I, I hope he gets Real stupid. Oh, but he's so sweet. And uh, I also think, I mean, we'll get there, but he looks great in that suit. Like, the, not the yeah, small Yeah, the actual one. one. Yeah, Mary gives him Fred's jacket, and it's really good. It, it looks he great. looks great. Yeah. It, I almost wish that it had, like, a different pattern or something. So it could be like, oh, it's, like, quirky. But mm-hmm. I was just like, it's just a black suit. He looks yeah. good. Like, how would you ever, like, point right. that out? It's crazy. And Archie's all like, Mom, this is how Hollywood girls are. <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I am insane. I, oh, I love how Mary is, like, enough, enough of Veronica's shit immediately. Yeah, she, she's immediately like, I don't trust that. Stella, you want to make a choice? Or? Come on, Stella. You're making decisions. This is not the decision. We're just doing stuff. It's fine. You'll figure it out. There we go. So Mary talks about these poems that Fred wrote for her. Aww. And then she suggests... And then Archie kind of takes that and, and, and runs off and writes writes a poem. I and thought he was just going to take one of Fred's poems. I thought that's what they were implying. Really funny. And then she was going to be like, you're red Cross hair. out the name. Exactly. Veronica. Simple boy. But no, he writes a poem. And it's pretty good. Yeah. And, and then he's like, what do you think? What if I like sang it and like play some guitar <laughs> under it and then Betty was like let's just stick to the page I I guess he doesn't even play football in no, this universe no sports doesn't do anything Mm-mm. that's good for him yeah, yeah he's even simpler <laughs> than regular Archie yeah I love a man without a conflict it is closer <laughs> to the comics I mean he just likes these two girls he's like even more of a mess in the comics like yeah. he works at the ice cream place and then you're like how did this catch fire and he's like I don't know 
as someone who's worked in ice cream before, I could say, easily catch fire. Yeah, actually, you could do it. I uh, yeah. There's a couple of different ways that I can imagine. There's a lot of horrible <laughs> things. Thinking that, it through right now. Yeah, a lot of bad. Those machines are crazy. Archie gets to Veronica's, and whoops. It's a group interview. <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? Oh my god! Every time it has happened to me, I it has been a case where it's you're being shanghaied. You know, it's a total surprise. Wait, is this? And it? then and then you're like, oh, so now I'm mad, and if I get mad, I'm the person making a scene in public. Wait, question though: Are you talking about a career interview or a date? Vibe? Career interview. Oh yeah, that's very annoying. What's yes. the difference? Honestly, I'm terrible at both. Group interviews for a job are also ridiculous because it's them. like. I know, how would you deal with this right. situation? You have one second before I need to move on to the next person. It's very intimidating. Yeah. Betty tells Alice that she is feeling stirrings, nay, flutterings for Archie. Flutterings. Mm -hmm. I like that. And Alice says, this is because of Kevin. Let's <laughs> focus back in on the boy you are dating. I have a question is, do you think that Alice knows Kevin is, is gay? Yeah. And that she's like, this is a safe thing. I let's. I feel like I can feel reasonably confident thinking that Alice is also has closeted a part of herself. Interesting. You mean like literally? I I wouldn't be surprised if Alice in the present was like a late in life by yeah kind of kind of deal, right? Same as Mary. Oh, uh, that would have been great if Mary and Alice started. Oh dating. my god, that would be really funny. That'd be if really that, great. That was in the past. <laughs> like what happened, and that's why she's been so weird ever since. <laughs> Wow, that's, that's headcanon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I think she knows with, with Kevin. Yeah, I think she does, too. And I think that it's about keeping her daughter from having she, sex. Right, I guess, yeah. Because there's because, a weird vibe. And also, she would have more reason than most to feel that way if the part of her story where she had a kid in high school is true. That would be in, like, the 30s? Right. Depression, maybe? Oh <laughs> Real bad time. yeah. Which would be cool if those people are still out there. You know, you're, you're, you're Charles. Oh my, yeah. But maybe he's like more like how he is in the comics, which is just like nice and cool. Like We had that. And then he turned out to be a murderer Well, yeah. Also. But to be fair, he was in the FBI hunting serial killers, the whole thing. So Veronica's name dropping Frank Sinatra and whatever. And Archie's looking smaller than he's ever looked <laughs> in that chair in the corner. Uh, Julian and the spares are in there. <laughs> the other ones. You know, Veronica tries to start a conversation with Archie. And Archie's more of a Norman Rockwell man than a Monet guy. I get that. And then Julian makes some pretty choice comments. Yeah, Julian sucks. So <laughs> Julian insults the suit. Which looks great. Like, it objectively it's looks a great. suit. And then, like, ugh. And then when Archie's like, it was my father's suit. Oh my god, the line Julian has. He's like, but I thought your father was buried in a suit. Or did he have more than one? <laughs> Holy damn. Yeah, it's like your dad is dead and you're poor. Right. And that's how poor you are. And, and then he was buried in his uniform. It's so sad. I just really wanted to sad. cry. It's so sad. And Archie's like, I have to leave before I turn into violent Archie. <laughs> He's like, something in me tells me I'm very capable of boxing a bear. He walks out and throws away the poem. Oh, God. I loved this so much. It was so sad. Yeah. I just want to give Archie a hug. I totally ship Archie and whoever he wants to be with as long as it's not Veronica. She's a monster. <laughs> Speaking of, Veronica visits Mary the next day. She's looking for Archie, and Mary's having none of that. And like, 
Archie is mad at Julian and himself, and we both know you did this. I mean, I think we'd be a little bit mad at Julian, though. You know? Sure, like, Julian Julian chose the words that came out of his mouth. Yeah, Julian didn't have to go straight to your dad is dead and yeah. you're poor. I just love Mary going, who auditions boys for a sock hop? <laughs> I love how she just calls her out. That's, you know what? Mary's a real one. Where has she been? Yeah, she should have been doing this years ago. Mary should have done this back in season four. I mean, like, this girl, no. Yeah. She's married. Right, yeah, (laughs) no. She was living in Chicago for some reason. Meanwhile, there's another meeting between mother and person dating child. Alice (laughs) and Kevin have a talk. Alice tells her that he doesn't actually have to be physical with her daughter. He just needs to put a pin on her so she can pretend it's happening to other people. And then if he just does the basic work, you gotta become Facebook official, right? People gotta know the relationship is happening. And then after that, all you have to do is the emotional support labor of a boyfriend and none of the None of the physical stuff. Yeah. We'll be fine. I don't think he's really doing the emotional labor either, but you know what? Well, she's like talking about him like taking her out and calling yeah, her. Yeah, call her on the phone after dinner like or that whatever. Like that is, that is yeah. some of it, right? Yeah. I think it, I think that in this time period, that is also like what, well, Cheryl's a different story, but I do think that if you're not, you know, planning on having sex before marriage or whatever it is, that's probably what a boyfriend means to you. Right. And Kevin, of course, looks like he wants to throw up in his mouth <laughs> before he lets a little piece of himself die and he takes that pin. Oh, Kevin. Archie runs into Veronica again at school and apologizes for his behavior. It was really messed up of him. <sighs> Archie. <laughs> he asks her one last time the sock cop and she pulls the same move she pulled last time. Yes. Like, where she's like, you know what? I've learned my lesson. I'm not going with anyone. No. And he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Archie needs to move on. I don't feel like this is going well. She's she's like, it was all the game. Oh, yeah. Veronica needs therapy or emotional help for her body issues. Meanwhile, she's telling Betty, it's like, it was the right thing to do to magnanimously punish myself (laughs) and everyone else who had the gall to be in my orbit. Yes. Yes. Thank God I was there to solve things. Oh, Veronica. <clears throat> and all Betty hears is, Archie's not going with anybody. <laughs> yeah, Betty, Betty really misses the part where Veronica clearly likes him. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. yeah, interesting. You missed the poem, that's on you, honey. I'm <laughs> off to get my Archie. Aw. And then Kevin, with a record scratch, intervenes on I that. like that. Yeah. It was cute. Who would have thought that Kevin would be the thing in between Betty and Archie? Dangerous. Yeah. He tells Betty he was bumped from performing at the sock hop. Hilarious, also. And apologizes for all of his behavior. Things are going to be different this time. He does not seem like he means it even in a little bit. Things are not going to be different They're this gonna time. They're going to be exactly the same. Probably worse. Probably worse. Yeah. He has this pin for her, and he's totally not gay. But he does need her to pin this on herself, because touching is ew. Yeah, I think that most gay people can touch women. I don't know. This is something that I thought was like... <laughs> he just can't have her thinking he'll ever touch her. Right. Like, like, don't right. get that into her head because then she'll be expecting it. Right. Exactly. Man, it's awkward to be a teenager though. That's... Especially when you look 37. <laughs> that's the worst. That's the worst. Oh my God. It is funny that they had to recast some characters. And so you're like, what is the needle you want to thread there? Do you want them yeah. looking... 
older like the rest of the cast, younger like the part they're supposed to be playing, somewhere in the middle. I I think the recast not well recasted and also the people who are new look very CW eighteen, which is normal world, really hot at twenty nine. Clay Walker looks thirty. Yeah, but that's like CW thirty. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like thirty in the real world, but eighteen on this network for sixty five year olds, weirdly. So uh, Smithers comes to Veronica. Hey, he's she, back. She has some adults in her life. Yeah, he's telling her, "I was going through the trash, as I do." He's the trash bag killer. I'm trash bag killer. <laughs> what if it was this the whole time? Can he be back? Bring back the trash bag killer. Definitely need that. And he found a poem for her oh. in the trash. I do want to know. It like, would be funny if he's like, "You want it? Yoink! Ha ha! Baby, it's for me now." <laughs> I love Archie. <laughs> I'm throwing my hat in the ring. My little, you know, newsboy hat or whatever it is that he right. wears. So later at the sock hop during slow dance time, Veronica tells Archie that she read the poem. Ugh. And she asks him to dance. And this time he's like, no. And goes to dance with his mom. Who yeah. I wish she did like a, I'm watching you. I, <laughs> I wish she just gave her the finger. Yeah. Like, I win. <laughs> Which would be weird. But would Betty and Veronica and Mary Andrews. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a weird love triangle. Real weird. Then Julian pounces and he's like, "You could do worse." And well, great self esteem there, guy. I have to say, at that moment, I was like, "Oh, he's cute. I like him." And <laughs> really, because like he looks really pissed that he has to do this at all. Oh no, I like I I think he's, the actor is cute and very likable. So, but he's an asshole like as a character. Right. Meanwhile. Uh, Betty and Kevin dance and he just stares over her shoulder past Alice who's watching them <laughs> to Clay the handsome man who's just sitting on a <laughs> sitting in the background man. just being like I'm gay and available we we had like that moment where he was like it's in a different it's in a different plot point yeah that's but... in the sock hop if we want to just hop over yeah, there yeah let's hop over to the sock hop alright it's just a hop skip and a thump away <laughs> yeah it's the same that we all say all the sorry, time sorry a skip a hop and a thump away you know it really rolls off the tongue <laughs> yeah. The sock hop is coming up, and Kevin and the crooners are headlining. No idea who the crooners are. Yeah, they, not a single. Not a single other no. person. You know, it's just him. Yeah. Wow. He. The thing that's kind of funny is that I wonder if there was a, a edit of the episode where he had a song and it just went too long or something. I wonder. It also feels like there was a Fang song that got cut. Yeah. Well, he does two, right? And so. No, he does. Oh, yeah, he does two, but there could have been one earlier at the. Yeah. At the thing. The Beatnik Society. Yeah. Cheryl asks if Tony is coming to the sock hop. And Tony says, you asking me? And Cheryl <laughs> uh, flusters for about five minutes. They're so cute. Yeah. Tony wants Cheryl to put Fangs in the musical lineup. Because Fangs is all, still in the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's here and he's a... He's still here. Following. We gotta give him something to do. Cheryl turns them down. And Kevin says later Midge to Midge. Yeah, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) So Kevin, meanwhile, Kevin, he cruises into the music room and finds Clay Walker there. Uh, And Clay knows everything about Kevin. Which was very funny, actually. Hey, I I know your whole backstory. (laughs) I'm I'm new. I just drifted into the town with a mysterious past. I'm from all over. I'm gay, if you're interested in that kind of thing. 
<laughs> Kevin is like, yes, but I will show no personality. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gay and I need a date to the sock hop. Would you like to be my date to the sock hop? And Kevin's like, I'm a straight man. And he's like, I think most... This was the moment that I was like, this is a very good acting choice from Casey Cott. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you can tell Clay is like, unless you know someone that I could ask. And you can tell that it's like so many thoughts are running through Casey's right. head here. Like as and he's character. like, I got to bail out. I got to bail out. I got to get yeah, out of this. He, he's like, most guys go, mo- a lot of people go stag, mm-hmm. which means no Alone. date. Yeah. Yeah. They do really make it seem like you need a date to this thing. Yeah. It's not cool to go to a sock cop alone. You're just going to be running around with no shoes on Did you by know? yourself. I didn't know it was, yeah, <laughs> fucked up. I didn't know it was like, you're literally in your socks the I whole had time. no idea. I, I guess... Just Jerry Maguire-ing all over the, the gym. I think you mean um, the other one. What's it called? The, the sex one. Risky business in your way all over yeah. the gym. Yeah. Though I've not seen Jerry Maguire, so maybe they do that in there too. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's, who is to say? Could it's actually happen. in the next Mission Impossible. He has oh. a whole fight scene where he's in his socks on Just, the slippery floor. That actually does sound like a fun <laughs> sequence. They could do that. It could be kind of cool. Cheryl runs into Dilton. Different Dilton. New Dilton. She's like, Dilton... Why haven't you bought your ticket? In fact, you explain to me why other people are returning their tickets. You, please. And then Dilton's like, I'm no expert, but the Southside Serpents are threatening to throw rotten eggs at anybody who comes to the dance. Because I would not, you didn't book their person. I would not go to that dance if that, that does That's seem, the point, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Right. Not worth it. This is how gangs are supposed to work, by the way. Right, threatening and intimidating it's a, people. Yeah, yeah, intimidating yeah. Intimidating do what they want and then like help someone they care about. Yeah, so, so they're finally being a gang. They're being like the Grease version of a gang. Right. But it is a gang nonetheless. Right, and Cheryl, so. Cheryl has to ask, who who is doing this thing? Mm. And Dylan's like, your girlfriend. <laughs> it's kind of damn it. <laughs> Should have kept her in my house. Yeah. Like I had all those. Damn it! I shouldn't ago. have ever let her free. Oh my god, Tony and Cheryl are endgame, and I love them though. They're so cute. Okay, so the Speakeasy <laughs> is a coffee shop now. This is probably what it should have been the whole time. It's like, in so much as there has to be one, which yeah. arguably in this timeline maybe there just shouldn't be one. Well, it's not. No, a- it would be after Speakeasy stopped being a real thing. Right. Well, I think it's. It's just an underground place. I, I guess that's the thing I struggle with, is the implication is that... It's under Pops? Well, okay, wasn't the implication that Veronica built it, and that it didn't exist, and then it did? Well, or was I, there always a space underneath Pops? Well, I think there was always a basement underneath Pops. I don't think that Veronica, like, physically dug it out. Oh, I don't believe Veronica could physically do anything. <laughs> right, no, I don't think she, like, got but, it. But, like, yeah, I assume there was a construction project, and they, like, dug something, and... Yeah, in my mind it was like the basement of Pops. Maybe there was a freezer. Oh, it's freaking huge. Yeah, it is. Gig- yeah. It's bigger than Pops. Yeah, that. It's not this is like the, the, the Futurama <laughs> bit where they the robot apartment is like a closet, and I like check out the closet, and it's a real apartment. That's funny, actually. That's cute. I guess they were just like, we don't. Let's just re-picture this. Not re-picture. Redress this space and give it something fun. I think a coffee <laughs> shop works fine. Sure. Yeah. I guess it's. It is, like, desperate to not be the same thing it's been before. Yeah. There's a biker bar, and then a speakeasy, and a casino. Yeah. So the Serpents have more of a beatnik vibe this season. Yeah. Tony makes the stakes clear to Cheryl. They are the same as they ever were. <laughs> Higher fangs, and all of this stops. And uh, she tells her to sit down. He's about to perform. But you don't get to see it. Yeah, they probably cut that song. Yeah. You just uh, get to the next scene where Tony bullies Dilton into buying sock hop tickets because it's back on, baby. No eggs allowed. Love it. It's great. And uh, yeah, Kevin is out. 
Kevin. He's not even in the scene where he gets fired. Had, you know, only one thing to look for. Also, I do <laughs> think it's weird that we're doing the whole Clay Walker thing when Fangs is right there. Yeah, I know. Like, was there a behind-the-scenes thing where it's like, oh, they don't want to do many intimate scenes together anymore? I would or... be honestly kind of surprised. I think it's probably that they have other plans, maybe, or maybe that one of them isn't going to be in, like, all the episodes. Like, I could see Fangs not being in all the episodes. It just feels like a weird time. I, every time they put a lot of emphasis on a new character in the final season, I'm like, why are we... We have characters. I know. We've had characters. I know. They're never lacking in ensemble. But I do think, here is my suspicion, and this is like literally about nothing. I think that if you were on a show like Riverdale, for example, like let's say you were one of 20 people in the larger ensemble cast, like a name character people know, but not necessarily, you know, Betty, Archie, Cheryl, Veronica, Jughead, etc. I think you probably have less incentive to be like, I'm going to stick around for like a longer arc here if you want to go audition for other things, be in a movie. So I'm not surprised if someone like Fangs, who big enough to be a character, but not so big that he's going to probably be making the money that other people are doing. Like, I think he has probably more freedom. Yeah, I don't think he's a serious regular either. I don't, I don't know about that. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I guess I just yeah I'm just I guess I'm just not sold on on clay on clay I like him fine it would be it would make more sense if this was moose clay feels like the same way Cheryl's last girlfriend felt to me just there we made a gay for you here yeah. here they are they love you I do like they love that. you <laughs> I do like that but in general yeah I agree what was that girl's name she was a witch Abigail no that was the that was the evil cousin from the past what was her name Heather. It was Heather. Oh, it was Heather. It was Heather. And the only reason I know that is because I can hear Cheryl's voice saying Heather mm. in my brain. Mm-hmm. That's it, though. That's it? Yeah. And she was a witch and she was a librarian? I thought she just dressed like a librarian. No, was she really a librarian? No, I think she was really a librarian. But we never went to the library. And I think maybe... Because once she arrived, she lived at Cheryl's house until right. she left. No, Cheryl's girlfriends get locked in her home. I think... I, you know what? You know what? You know what this season's doing for me? What? It finally got Cheryl out of her stupid house. Yes, it did. Wow. It was that, a different. The high school is yes. instrumental to getting Cheryl into the same storylines as the other characters. I agree. As soon yes. as they graduated high school, she had no reason to ever be in the same stories as anybody else. And you just get those weird blossom interludes every week. I do think that there is something to high school shows being in a high school in any way that they well, can it's be. also like they did that whole thing where she became the coach of the of the like the cheerleading team with Tony and then never ever went back to that. Right, yeah. And she was like never in the school again. Yeah. Cuz they were in the school for a majority of that first season back. Yeah, the first time jump season where they're like we got to save the town. They're yeah. Like, they're we got to do school. every job ourselves. Yeah. I'm so happy they're back in high school. Logically, did it make any sense? No. Long, but... <laughs> a lot of work to get here. Right. Yeah, but I like it. I'm into it. So at a sock off, you genuinely take off your shoes and you're in socks. Who knew? Literally never Probably knew. a whole generation. <laughs> yeah, not us, though, because we're young. We did not have sock hops in my time. And if no. they did, it was treated as like a kitschy throwback. 
Right. If it, it existed at all, but definitely not for me, maybe for my sister. I honestly can't say. I used to go see the play Grease a lot. It, yeah, maybe <laughs> I only really know the term from 60s media that my parents were watching. You know? Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, Clay greets Kevin. Just wants to let him know that uh, still gay, still single, <laughs> still available, still interested. If you if you if you want to reciprocate any of those emotions, just let me know. And Kevin says, "I'm straight. I have a girlfriend." Yeah, it works out really well. Fang takes the stage and plays Tutti Fruity. It's great. He's it's great. great. They spent so much time building up to the song. I was so curious what it would be. I was like, Johnny B. Good from Back to the Future. Yeah. Would it be some kind of like a modern song? And it'd be like, wait, what does Fangs know kind oh, of deal? That would be so funny if it was like Katy Perry's yeah, Teenage yeah. Dream. Yeah, like a fire. <laughs> I was like, what? Wow, this is great. <laughs> this guy wrote that? Like, yeah, if his music's, is he doing it yesterday? Like that Beatles movie? <laughs> that, I like that movie. You would. <laughs> I really like the idea that Ed Sheeran comes in in that movie and tries to rewrite the song Hey Jude and says, what if instead of Jude it was Hey Dude? Right. And I was like, that just makes sense. But no, it's Jude. You're like, good note. Thank, thank God someone finally said it. Exactly, finally. Uh, let's see, yeah. Archie and Veronica make eye contact. Betty and Kevin dance together. Uh, Jughead eats. They're not friends. I had some questions about this. Right? Yeah. It's, I'm glad Jughead's eating, but, like, he's got no friends. He's got, well, he's busy. He doesn't know them. He's not, he doesn't know those guys. Mm. He has other friends now. Yeah. Tony asks Cheryl to dance, just one dance, and the patriarchy <laughs> watches in the distance. They, they, they come over and check in on Cheryl later. Has, have they never heard of like like women can be friends also not like, allowed like that was the thing it's I, the 50s it's like a thing you know people are allowed to hang out with each women other women are only allowed to be friends with men they pine for oh right so they must be thrilled about Betty and Archie so uh yeah and <laughs> the patriarchy the patriarchy brothers yeah they're they play a lot more into the horror comic storyline yes so this was fun this had my favorite character Ethel Mm. who I've decided I love her. Yeah, when did that happen? I don't know. I think I just really missed her. And then I, when she was in the Jughead Paradox, I was like, you're fun. You're fun, Shannon Purser. I wonder if they had a similar reaction behind the scenes because it does seem like they made more of an effort to bring her back than a lot of other yeah. people have their stuff to do, in this episode at least. She was great she, in the first season. I felt like, yeah. you know. Also, with the with the webtoon Big Ethel Energy comic yes. coming out, maybe like Ethel, the character, has a bit of a boost. People love Ethel. The thing about comic books in the 50s is that characters like Spider-Man and the Justice League and I mean the Justice League existed but like the the real rebirth of the superhero happens in the 60s. That's when the Silver Age of Comics happened. So the previous superhero stuff was like World War II era or earlier. So in the 50s comic books were not doing superheroes as much. Okay. And it was a lot of horror and mystery pulp comic books. I love that. It actually would fall more into your line of tastes than yeah. what comic books do these days. Yeah. That is fun. Mm -hmm. When did Superman, when was Superman created? I mean, Superman's like the first one. So like he's like 1920s, if okay. not earlier than that. Yeah. But then, so Silver Age of Comics, was there a different age before that? Golden Age. Oh, that's interesting. Golden Age was first. Yeah. So, like, Superman and Batman and Captain America were all in comic books printed in during World War II, and, like, they fought the Nazis and stuff like that. Cool. And then, like, all of that stuff kind of dies down after World War II, and then comes back around 60s Cold War nuclear era. I guess people need a hero again in their brains like that, and, yeah, uh, and that they just kind of 
a lot of those were uh, new versions of the same characters. So like there's a Flash from the Golden Age who looks very different from the Flash from the Silver Age and their powers come from different sources and they're, they're different people entirely. I think it's very interesting. I'm sure there's been so much fucking papers about this or whatever, but to read why, what changes that they made and like what culturally... What they were thinking about them. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So like the first Green Lantern has this big purple cape and uh, his ring is like magic and makes this like green fire stuff. Uh, and then the Silver Age Green Lantern is a space cop. Oh, what's that's a, what's a space cop? He, he they are they are given a sector of space to patrol. Okay. With their power ring, which is not magic but extremely advanced alien science. Okay. And so, they fly around and stop monsters from killing people. Literally all space, over the place. Literally cops. Space police. Yeah. The first, that makes sense. It wasn't the title, I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. That's interesting though. So comic books in the fifties were big horror movie times. And Jughead submitted a story to Pep Comics. Hmm. You know how everyone's hometown has that one comic book publisher? Right, of course. Totally normal thing. What was your, the name of your hometown <laughs> comic book publisher? Not, not, sir, not existing <laughs> in this universe. <laughs> I love it. And he's mad because a story just like the one he wrote was published. His friends don't give a fuck. Right, right. His, his friends, uh, Ethel, uh, New Dilton Doily, and that kid who jumped out the window at the start of season three. Ben. Sure. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Sure. Uh, they all go, are you sure? <laughs> they're like, like, we've read They're like, stuff. it's exactly the same. And he's like, no, but it's like really similar. Oh, so I'm going to go honey. over there and give him a piece of my mind. Someone's never read a script that then became <laughs> an NBC show. Crazy. So uh, Pep Comics is the FBI field office set. Oh, I didn't notice that. You didn't notice that? No. Yeah, same Interesting, set. Interesting, though. And we meet Al Fieldstone, who is probably my favorite adult character to interact with Jughead in a long time because he reads Jughead stuff and he's like, this is crap. <laughs> You're not original, but you are <laughs> here in front of me now. So Doesn't it seem like it would be so much easier to do jobs as a teenager in the 50s? I, I dream of the ease people were able to just get jobs in the 50s. That's how it feels. Like, like, like you, just if there. you just walked in a room, they were tossing out jobs with more security <laughs> in them and longevity than anything existing today and that it, demands so much more skill from you. And it just seems, yeah, it just seems like if you want it, you get it. This guy's like, I will pay you a dollar a page I to write a seven-page story and, 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 and Jughead's like, hell yeah, $7. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what that would be. How do you even, I don't even, yeah, I guess that's, in my head I'm like, 70? 700? Like where is this? Uh, I'm going to say 500. Mm. Just because. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. I also thought that they meant like comic book pages. And that doesn't seem... Comic book scripts are like weird because you have to say panel one right. and like describe how big you think the pa- you have to describe what the page is going to look like using only text and then you at some point on the page you'll be like next page and i think you would start a whole new page also to describe the next page you wouldn't right. continue on to the same page because it's panel one is always the first thing on any individual page yeah, I've 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 like tried and struggled with it because it's the like if I art. if I am not the artist, 
who boy yeah I <laughs> to know. describe a piece of art you want it's like and and like you'll i the stuff i've read that's professional is a lot more in the lines of like a conversation with the artist yeah. where they already know each other and maybe they have a bit of a working relationship but it's like i need this character to be doing this kind of thing in this and then the artist will just kind of like have that kind of freedom that makes more sense because I always wonder. I mean, it makes sense if you're if you are an artist and you can kind of describe it because mm-hmm. you can visualize it. But I always wondered about that. Like, so much of the story is in the art and not in the text. And the rules might have been different back then. I'm not sure if this is before or after it, but like in the earliest days of comic books, writers were paid almost on like a like a panel by panel basis. So like, if there were no words in the panel, you didn't get paid for it. Oh, that's annoying. Right. So, like, I've, I've read a lot of earlier comic books, Silver Age, even, that, like, even, even, they're, they'll just say the next day. You know? It'll be like, that's meanwhile, smart. the Legion of Doom. It'll be like those, like, establishing kind of things. Or it'll just be like, if someone's sneaking through, a bunch of them will be like, uh, some text describing it. The, uh, the Stan Lee comic book writing method was that he would just kind of, like, tell his, uh, his artist, like, a general idea of what he wanted it to be. And then the artist, uh, uh, Jack Kirby, would just draw the entire comic book, just, like, making it up as he went. And then Stan Lee would go back in and add in the text bubbles for everything. Interesting. And, but, and that's not the most respectable way to do it. Did they not have a good relationship? Not by the end. Jack yeah. Kirby left to kind of become his own writer-artist deal over at DC and created a lot of stuff like Apocalypse and the Fourth World and stuff that they heavily used for the movies now. Interesting. I know that they have like a movie or something about them, I think. Or like a script. Oh, there's like a script about their relationship? Yeah. There was like, maybe. Uh, or like... I can't think of what Something with different names that are supposed to be stand-ins for them. But like, that seems like a good idea of like a story that could be told now. Yeah, like... I mean, they're both dead, So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Stanley had kind of a crazy end-of-life story. Because of the being abused by yeah, like, his, yeah. his, his assistants and all that. Or, yeah, it was yeah. like some elder abuse shit Elder abuse, but I forget yeah. what... What it was. It was like upsetting. not his family, but it was like people their family had hired, I, I think. I think that's what it was. Like um, AIDS. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Point is, running yeah. comic book is a, <laughs> Sorry, wow. a challenge and something that has shifted a lot over the years. But now you can just describe a panel and the artist will draw it and you'll still get paid for it because that idea, I mean, you're still telling a story there. Fieldstone sends Jughead off to write a seven page story. And Ethel is so jealous. Oh, Ethel just like worships Jughead. Yeah, it is her life's goal to draw for pep comics. Again, the publisher in her hometown. Right, could be simple, <laughs> simple life. God to be in the fifties. Aw. And Jughead offers to put her name forward to him. And Fieldstone judges Jughead's art as pretentious, clunky, and too much dialogue. But damn it, it's right there in front of him, and he can publish it today. Perfect. Or not today. He needs an artist. Jughead offers Ethel. He's like, that sounds great. Yeah, I don't care about gender. <laughs> He's very progressive, this man. Yeah. Kind of. So, uh, Ethel draws the pages. Jughead loves Ethel's pages. Ethel loves Jughead. Jughead's Clearly. like like a sister, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Poor Ethel. And then Ethel's mom enters and she's like, I just want you both to know, I'm evil. Her father's worse. <laughs> He's coming back right now. You should get out of here. And Jughead's like, bye. Good luck with your house of horrors, Ethel. And he gets out of there. <laughs> Yeah, so her, her parents immediately angry. Like, really bad people. Yeah. 
They're so pissed boys exist at all. <laughs> I don't know why this town is every, bad. Every person in this town is obsessed with the idea of a boy being alone in a room with a girl. Yeah. Stopping it from happening. Making and it happen. Like, yeah. I, I'm just like, I don't even know how to comprehend how moms get to that state of mind. It is... It it's like at some point they were that girl. I think maybe it's because they were that girl... Here's here's what I'm thinking. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, you go first, and then I'll there's, follow mine up. There's no birth control at this time, right? Right. right. So yeah, that's I guess that's the big thing. So it it means a lot more if you get pregnant when you're in the 50s, I guess maybe than now. Yeah. Um. Or it, it, I guess it means more if you're having sex or whatever. Plus, there's I think more of a puritanical culture at the time. Yeah, but I do think the birth control thing is the the biggest part of yeah, it. Yeah. Like I'm when sure. I when I found when I watched 1883, the girl like loses her virginity to a cowboy out there and her mom Faith Hills immediately like you have to ask him if you get pregnant if he's going to raise that baby with you because it could happen anytime. Does it happen? No. Um, no, she uh, she doesn't get pregnant with his with his baby. I feel like there's a spoiler or something. Other bad things happen in that relationship. Oh yeah. no. Okay. Yeah. I did not know you were a Yellowstone person. I recently decided I would I would go in from the back door and start in the past. <laughs> Sorry, that's and, hilarious. And, and, and get to the present. And I thought eighteen eighty three was just the best adaptation of the Oregon Trail video game I've ever oh, seen. Oh, everyone dies of dysentery? Uh, people die of a lot of different stuff. It's actually <laughs> sort of. crazy. They like leave Texas with like a whole bunch of Germans, and then by the end, it's like three Germans. Oh, sorry <laughs> about the Germans. Yeah, it's terrible for them. <laughs> Awful. But like, it is like a lot of things. Where it's like we got to ford this river. Oh, uh, we got too much stuff in this in this uh, horse-drawn carriage. We got to throw some stuff out right here in the middle of the prairie. Oh, oh no, people are going around killing all the buffalo. We, now it's Damn. like we need these. What are you going to do with that dead buffalo? You killed a buffalo. Great. You caused a problem. I would have no idea. <laughs> you caused a problem. Did you... Okay, did you hear about the Paley Fest thing that happened no. with Yellowstone? So my parents and my sister were very excited. They're Yellowstone fans. Uh-huh. They really wanted to go to Paley Fest, and they got tickets to Paley Fest. And then none of the cast or the showrunner showed up to Paley Fest. What? So I guess, like, members of the cast that were, like, very, very small-time characters. That's hilarious. But there must be something... That's so messed up. Paley couldn't get well, Costner or anybody? So here's the thing that... There's something going on. Because I don't think Paley would say, we've confirmed all these people. Yeah. And throw a panel just to have everybody really pissed. Yeah. Everyone apparently canceled, like, day of. Oh, damn. So, no idea what's happening there. But my parents were very you. upset. The uh, the casting abilities those shows have, because I'm on 1923 now. But There's like so many numbers. They dropped Tom Hanks in episode two. What? They really? just appe- almost wordless as um, huh. the the Union Army commander. I didn't know um, Tom Hanks was in this universe. That's what I'm saying. And then, and then like, a couple episodes later... Um, Rita Wilson. Thank you. Rita yes. Wilson pops up in a later episode and That's gets so drunk funny. with Faith Hill. And, uh, you know, the, the 1923 is like Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. It's got Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren in it. Really? Yeah. They're the leads. You literally never knew that. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> That's like, so crazy. I guess the thing that, that, that bothers me is like, you know, the first show ends with uh, uh, Faith Hill and Tim McGraw like settling on the land where the Dutton family were build the Yellowstone. Right. And then the second series starts and it's like a narration. It's like, then they all died. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and then they hi- they got Harrison Ford, his brother, to come in and take over. And I'm like, oh, well, that's 
kind of disappointing. Oh, see. And then I then huh. like my the character I'm most interested in in 1923, I go to check a family tree and be like, oh, I see you don't become the source of the rest of the family. Well, that's a bummer too. <laughs> so I just assumed that Helen Mirren was young, fa- was older. Fa- that's fa- right. Right. Well, but yeah, that was the question. Was like 40 years later, does she just become Helen right. Mirren? Right. No, she's a different person. That would make more sense, I think. But... I I think it might have been a case of like they got Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford, and they're like, we want to play our own characters, and yeah. then they're like, okay. Sure. We'll change it. It's crazy. You're not those characters. You're new characters. It's crazy you're in this show in general, honestly. It's crazy you're doing this show. Yeah. Yeah. But not not as good as 1883. It's just a clearer hook. It's just like, oh, we're traveling. We have a goal. We have a destination. We have to go to it. Yeah. This one's like, we have to set up a plot for four episodes. Right. That seems hard. And these shows continue. Uh, 1883, I believe, was a single-season miniseries. Oh, okay. I think 1923 was also a single-season miniseries. But Yellowstone lives on. Yellowstone is, like, six seasons that I haven't watched any of. Okay. And I don't know if I'm gonna, because, like, 1923 isn't doing it for me like 1883 did. Yeah, my parents keep telling me to watch Yellowstone. Well, now they're very upset with it, so... Yeah, no, it sounds like people don't love it anymore. It's really weird. I wonder what's going on. Hmm. Speaking of the patriarchy, they gotta talk to Ethel, because these lurid images she's been drawing, they're not becoming of a lady. Crazy. And you know what? They're cool. (laughs) She tells them she's trying to get a job. And they're like, mmm, you're trying to get attention. (laughs) They're like, you are 15 years old, actually. That doesn't justify this behavior of being independent and trying to get money for yourself. (laughs) Crazy. You're a woman. Insane. So Ethel skips detention. So the patriarchy reconvenes. Something must be done. <laughs> Fieldstone thinks the images are putrid, which is a compliment in yeah. his book. It all worked out. He says, you two a couple? And Jughead says, a couple of friends. <laughs> <laughs> no. But Ethel says, but we are going to the dance together. She's like, I'm working on it. And it costs hard. He'll, he'll def- Jughead will definitely be worried if he shows up alone and I'm not there. <sighs> He's not worried, he honestly. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. But instead, uh, Ethel makes the foolish choice to swing by home before the saw cop, where both mm-hmm. her parents are there to be like, we're going to get in the way. We're going to be a problem <laughs> about this. And then she's like, no, I'm going to the saw cop. And her mom says, over my dead body. And then we don't see those two again. Weird how that works. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, instead, we see Ethel burst in the saw cop at the very end of the episode, covered in blood, saying something terrible has happened. Huh. And that's the end of the episode. Very nice, John. Wow. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, I'm sorry, Stella. Um, I just got excited and she got told yeah. it. What? Who was in mm. some fab 50s fashion this week? Tony. Hmm. Yeah, she just, she pulls it. It's constant over there. Yeah. yeah. I think Kevin had some nice jackets despite everything. You know what? I'm giving it to Archie because he needed a compliment on that jacket. He looked great. <laughs> yeah. He's so cute. That was a good jacket. You're right. You're I right. I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, best, best boy in the 50s? Who was the best this week? Fangs. He was yeah. the best musician this week. He was great. <laughs> Definitely better than Kevin who didn't get yeah, to sing Kevin at all. Was, uh, Kevin was bad. Kevin was a problem. And then we got back to the 50s. Who's... So we got we got new Midge. We got a new Dilton. Yeah. We got Alice back. We haven't seen her yet. We got the... Oh, no. We saw the... We saw the teachers already. Back to the back to the uh, the, the 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 white worm, which mm. is now named something else. The beatnik. So whatever it's called. Something. 
I said beatnik. I don't know if it's. Well, they keep calling one. things beatnik. They keep describing. That's, that is a beatnik. that is a term. Yeah, a beatnik is a type of person. Yeah. So should we just call it the beatnik? Sure. Yeah. It's not as fun. To, I feel like we've strayed from the <laughs> Labonut. Labonut. The, the baby you lion. know, we nailed it the first time. The, be- <laughs> the baby beatnik. I can't think of a funny name. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Not a lot of like returnees this week either not even a tabitha so like she's just not in a lot of the season after all maybe yeah i'm curious what's gonna happen i i guess she could come back as tabitha from the 50s either or yeah time's weird and broken and there are no rules anymore it would be a bummer if she just wasn't there yeah all right are we missing anything anything else we want to do on the rumor mill no, I think we can go right into the rumor mill. Great. I got no idea what's going on. Okay. So my only theory that I have right now is that I think that the dead characters have some sort of a clue or something to the to what's going on. That eventually it's going to come out that the people who are dead are somehow going to be magically like anchored into this world. I don't know what it no, means. Why do you think that? I don't know. I think it's weird... I know what you're saying about the recasting, but I think it's a little bit odd that Midge, like Midge just didn't need to be back. So why bring her back? I think they needed other students in the school. Just to populate it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. And I guess creating a new character then creates expectations that there's going to be like Right, and they have something. the opportunity and Midge is a classic Archie Comics character. I wonder where Moose is. That's a great question. Because yeah. like... Maybe Why? they're still struggling to see if they can get him back or if yeah. they need to recast him or maybe there just is no moose. Great question of like, are they... It be? Do they not have Charles Melton for the season and do they only have him for a few episodes and they're saving Reggie for something special? Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if also if Reggie was around, if Julian would not be around. This is a weird one to do this on because this episode was lore empty. It had yeah. nothing to do with that. Yeah. And then when it comes to like the Ethel stuff, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. She killed her parents. She beat them up and, and ran out, and that's fine. She has that right. They're bad. <laughs> and people. she deserves it. Yeah. And you know what? Good. Go for get her. him, girl. Go I don't... get him. Yeah, Ethel does always seem like a wild card. So, I mean, it seems like they she... love punishing Ethel on this show. They do. They do. Maybe she didn't kill her parents. And they're like, justice for Ethel, we hurt you. Right. I mean, look. Look. It's within her right to kill her parents in this episode. They were bad. No. We'll see what happens. No. Just saying. And we got Clay. Who, yeah, of course. Kevin and Clay will be kissing. I don't... What do you want? Yeah. That's going I'm, to... Should have already happened, you know? It's like, why are we pretending this will take anything longer than... Yeah. Gonna run they're going to be in the woods... Oh. And they're going to be like, oh, have you been in these woods before? You're going to be like, no. It's got a vibe. Like, the woods have a vibe. The woods do have a vibe. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like this episode was pretty, except for the Ethel ending, is pretty contained. I just like that they're doing character stories that feel like they mean something. Like Veronica and Betty have things going on that I feel like are going to be the problems that they deal with this season. 
as opposed to just, oh, Veronica has some beef with some random dude from New York who's coming to take her casino or something. This These stories feel like they could only exist in the time period they are being set in also. I was thinking about this. I was, so... This, 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 these things Veronica does, only an Archie of this time period would be like, and that's a normal and fine <laughs> thing to be expected to do. And I am comfortable with working this hard for the chance at maybe going to a dance with this girl. It's interesting how this show, after having such high stakes that literally the world ended, now the stakes are, am I going to get to go to the dance with Veronica? It's very different. This, okay, so originally the idea for Riverdale was not supposed to be a murder mystery. It was supposed to be like Archie in high school, but a little bit edgier. So like a little bit more like sexy, but not like Jason Blossom's dead kind it is of a thing. Kind of funny that it was like the suggestion from Berlanti was this needs a dead body. Yes. And then that proceeded to consume the entire show from the inside out. Right. It was like always constantly trying tight to and top tight that. Yeah. Yeah. Turn this into this arch reality, and you know, I, I, you can say what you will about whether or not that has been for the better or worse of the show. Well, I do wonder if we had this from the beginning, if it would be as... There's still a body now, or there's something, something's going on. Right, that's true. Now there is a, yes. But, I, you know, it's interesting. I think if we didn't have the context of all the other seasons of Riverdale, if we were watching this, and this was like a first season episode, and it was, you know, there's no Jason Blossom, no nothing, and then we saw Ethel, like, covered in blood in the dance, we'd be like, what the fuck yeah, is going on? on? A second. But now we're like, oh, look at this tame episode. Yeah, finally, the murders are here. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, I don't know. I'm really enjoying this. This is fun. This is an interesting thing. It's kind of weird that it's going to be, like, the last season. Like, the Percival Pickens thing feels so different for this. Which like, has so much more of a final season energy yes, to it. Yes, definitely. Very interesting. Yeah. It's like another one of those shows because I find I I tend to fall for a lot of shows that have these weirder premises that lose audience over time and then end up in that situation where every season is a gamble on whether or not yeah. there will be another one. And there's always something funny about when they when they 100% write a season being like this is definitely our last one and, and then kind of go <laughs> insane and then it is successful enough for the channel to go one more baby. <laughs> You're like, okay. And they're like, hold on. But we just did the, the clearly the end right. run. Right. Like, there's five seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then there's seasons oh. six and seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Was that on ABC still? Yeah. Okay. So they it's really like, thought they were going to cancel. The fifth season finale is this apocalyptic epic that coincides with Avengers Infinity War. Oh. That is like, the world is ending and we got to stop this thing. And then it, it, it finishes, and they're like, cool, you have two more seasons. Were they a part of Infinity War? No. So they didn't actually help. No, it's actually really <laughs> funny, because like, they definitely weren't given scripts or anything either. Right. So they just like have someone looking at a TV going, Thanos is attacking right now. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, no. With Thanos attacking, it's literally just him snapping his fingers. Right. Well, yeah, right. They, have their, they have their own problem where like Adrian Pazdar is like, I'm going to get the gravity stuff inside the planet. I don't even know. Sure. It was sure. pretty good, though. That fifth season was all right. It's no fourth season, but... Oh, interesting. Yeah, I never watched that one. I'm not surprised. Yeah, no. No, that, it does not exist down your alley. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. 
to most of the people who are in that show. Yeah. What yeah. are you watching? I am watching Class of 2000. I texted you about this, but they don't know that. They don't, they, they don't get those texts. <laughs> I, I'm watching Class of 2007 on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So it is basically funny Yellow Jackets kind of. Did this come out after Yellow Jackets? Yes, but I would not be surprised if it was in the works like around the same time. It's an Australian show. So it's a half hour, and it's basically about a boarding school for all girls, like a Catholic boarding school in Australia for all girls, and it's their 10-year reunion, and so everybody goes to the 10-year reunion, and then there is some sort of apocalyptic event where the world becomes like covered in water, except for then they're on like a hill. So they're just stranded in the school... And they Hold have... on, you buried the lead on Yes, this. You sorry, didn't yes. mention that it's that this is Yellow Jackets <laughs> in Waterworld. Right, it's Waterworld. It exists in the Waterworld universe. Um, but it's basically like, okay, so they're all back in this school, and this school is also the site of like a lot of their like past traumas and stuff. It's funny. It's like a funny show, but there's like a little bit of like actually like serious like drama underneath it. But it's just very funny, very fun, and the girl from um I forgot her name. Her first name is Emily, but I can't remember the rest of her name. The girl from Sucker Punch and Series of Unfortunate Events is a star. And so is the woman who, in the movie Smile, is like the opening death of Smile. Wait, she's playing a teenager? No, sorry. They're, this is the 10-year reunion. Oh. So they're like 27 or something. 28. Almost and, 30. Oh, wait. Wait. Are you trying to do the math? Uh, no, I'm just... <laughs> I'm so confused how the water world fits into all of this. So, so it's 10 years later, the world is flooded and they have a high school reunion. <laughs> no, sorry. Okay. So they go to their high school reunion and then at the high school reunion, the apocalypse happens. Okay. And then they cut and they get back struck. to them. They flash back to them yes. just as high schoolers. Yes. But like not so much. It's not 50, 50 or anything like that, but it's similar to yellow jackets in the way that it's like, I don't know, man, this sounds insane. It's really fun. It's a really lost is closer to yellow jackets than this. It's not really, it's not really yellow jackets, except in the sense that it's a bunch of people trying to survive. So that's the other thing. It's like a big and women and women, but it's a big survival thing too, because it's like, they don't have electricity. How are they going to get electricity? How are they going to get a radio signal? It's really fun. Conceptually, this feels like a step too far. It's good though, I promise. Right? It's good. This feels like like one is like we're in the woods and you're like that's bad and then this one's like what we're in a voice. Hear me school. out. It's fun. Hear me out. Hear me it's out. Fun. Hear me out. The oceans rose so high. They don't actually really explain how this happened, but I I guess it is oceans rising. You just said the water rises. It does, but it's it also seems like the water comes out from underneath. There's like a part in the beginning where it's almost like like shoots out from the ground. So it's not like an ice age melting kind of catastrophe. You know, it's not a real disaster. I hope not. I don't think this could happen. I hope not. Again, you never know in this world, but what are you watching? I feel like I always mention like the same couple shows over (laughs) and over again. I'm going to try to guess mentally which one it is. Yeah. If it's right. Yeah. Do you want to go first or say it at the same time? No, because if I'm wrong, it's embarrassing. (laughs) Um, I don't know. You tell me. It's Star Trek Picard. Oh, okay. I was not going to guess that. In its third season... They changed showrunners. Okay. And now it's this guy, Terry Metalis, who wrote the TV version of 12 Monkeys, which is also really good. Oh, yeah. And so he has taken a show which, in its second season, really threatened to to lose me. It was bad. And has made a completely different show out of its third season. 
a very good show. A show where I'm like, oh, and it has to be the final season of the show. Why weren't you writing this from the beginning? Is it the final season of the show? Yeah, and it's like, when Star Trek The Next Generation aired in the 80s and the 90s, that was like the biggest Star Trek was, and they had two spinoff shows. They had Star Trek Voyager, and they had Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And at some points, there were crossovers between those, but not much. And then this show is a crossover between all three of them, happening like years later... With, like, the highest stakes, finishing off storylines started in other shows, and I'm just having a great time. The stakes are high, and episodes feel distinct and propulsive, and they usually felt very boring on this show. But now it's fun again? Yeah, and I'm like, and wow, you had to come in right towards the end. Was there another Star Trek show very recently? There's, like, three airing simultaneously right now, if not more than that. But, like, Strange New Worlds was one I really liked. Okay. That was set like earlier, and I stopped watching Discovery. I don't think that one's. But Star Trek Discovery is the one. It's not on anymore. Still on. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. I was gonna say I was like, I thought it was called something else, but. Yeah, there's a bunch. They're they're all still on the air right now. I think uh, Picard's gonna end, and I think Discovery's ending soon too. Strange New Worlds was incredibly successful both critically and with audiences, so hopefully they'll look more like that moving forward. I'm sure they're going to keep making Star Wars, right? Like forever, pretty much. Treks. Treks. All the Star Wars? I, they're <laughs> deeply invested in it right now. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that was like a big thing. It was Paramount Plus, right? Yeah. It's like they got it. That was like kind of part of it. They've like, always, yeah, they're, yeah. It was like a thing where the shows and movies were under different umbrellas for a while. And then they fell under back under the same umbrella with Paramount. Uh, and yeah. Chris Pine is a young William Shatner. Correct. Okay, that's that's my whole thing. Yeah, not anymore. He's probably about the same age, if not older, than Shatner was on the show. Wow, yeah. At this point. Uh, but yeah, he, well, he was playing a young William He's Shatner. The same character. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I had never saw the movies either. There's like, I, that was like one of my quarantine things, was I watched all 11 Star Trek oh, movies. Oh, that's a lot. You said one was animated or something? Or not animated. No. Was there like a claymation thing with really cool effects you've talked about before? Not claymation, sorry. Like, they have practical effects that are very cool. It was maybe a special? For Star Trek? Yeah, I can't think of what it is. I don't no. think so, no. Huh. Someone, someone, if you remember what John was talking about. Was I talking about Galaxy Quest? No, I love Galaxy Quest. That yeah. is a great So you've film. seen the Star Trek movie, don't lie. That's true, I have seen yeah, it. That is... You've seen probably the best Star Trek movie. <laughs> I love the Sigourney Weaver character in that movie. She like, just repeats the what, the, what the machine says. Button pressed or whatever. I was joking the other day with my roommate Annie about how it's like, oh, all these like chat GBT things if the corporations get into them they're gonna have a specific job which is person who describes things to chat GBT yeah. and I'm like that's Sigourney Weaver in Galaxy Quest absolutely where her whole deal is that she just repeats things <laughs> to the computer and then repeats what the computer says to everybody else but you know what that's a job you need come on look at that it's like that's sad yeah <laughs> I know art departments are overworked but I don't think they want to be replaced by someone at a computer typing into Lenza or whatever the the I what is the what is the computer art thing called? There's one on it's like a Discord channel that I was playing around with. It's on Discord. It's, I haven't touched any of these AIs. Yeah, I was actually today on ChatGBT and I was trying to um, come up with like I want to see if it could make a workout plan. And I will say that is actually like a thing that ChatGBT is good for because it's not great for writing creatively like I think that's the thing people are so worried about like oh my god it's gonna replace I am a little nervous right 
I mean, it's in just its like iteration. From a, from a monetary perspective, if you're a guy, if you're a suit and you're like, I can pay five dollars to this robot thing and it'll just write for me, that sounds great. Yeah, I don't think it's there yet. Maybe, maybe one day it will yeah, be. Yeah, it's just, it's moving dramatically fast. It is. I mean, I will say the things that it can do is pretty impressive. This is, again, this is this is me circling my point always of like, we gotta talk to our representatives about the technology <laughs> thing. And more importantly, yeah. uh, there should be a maximum age you can be in the government so that someone younger who understands technology can be in that position. Because yes, if I, I see one more hearing where a 90-year-old man asks someone to explain a basic... <laughs> And this social media app concept to them, I'm gonna lose my mind. No, I know, I know, I know. I will say, I was a little nervous about ChatGBT for journalism because Mm -hmm. I don't think, I mean, this is probably, God, knock on wood. I don't think that ChatGBT is ever gonna really be able to capture a writer of a screenplay or a novel that is gonna be something that resonates with people. Maybe yeah. one day. No, no. Want to believe that? Yeah. yeah. It's like the the stuff where it's like the AI animation doesn't he doesn't grok the same way that hand drawn animation or, yeah. or even VFX artist animation feels. You know, it's like the same thing as the Uncanny Valley for narratives. I would assume. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just not. I mean, who knows? Maybe in a thousand not a thousand years. That seems like way too long. Maybe in ten years it'll get better, but. It really is a, almost like an aggregator of what's already out there. Mm-hmm. So you can have it write an article about Britney Spears and it's not going to sound exactly right anyway, but you can't... Like I've had it write some ideas for movies. So I was like, write, write a movie about this. And it can kind of almost write like a DVD synopsis, but it can't really write the characters it doesn't really know the pieces between other things. Like it can't put together why, it can be like A, B, C, D, but it doesn't really understand the why behind it and it doesn't really connect. Like it can't yet create like a plot point that gets you from A to B. It's, Interesting. Yeah, it's fun to play around with though. You can be like, write a, I said, write another season of Pretty Little Liars and it gave me like a pretty decent like thing, but not specific. Ideally it's a good tool to like yeah. bolster stuff that you don't want to write yourself but or, or like technical stuff but or yeah. ideas that you're like like I had it give me three different twists for a movie like write a movie about this and I was like come up with a new twist at the end come up with a new twist at the end and it's not brilliant but it's like if you're just trying to like kick around things in your brain I see well anyway guys um, where can you find you John anywhere uh, yeah I'm on Tic Tac Tic Tac. Tic Tac. <laughs> I'm having some Tic Tacs uh, at John Patton 857 which I, I hate that. Uh, oh, I, just because that's such That's so terrible, yeah. Nah, you just come up with those numbers and make them mean something. I don't get it. Why? Yeah. Well, it's not your favorite Bible verse, 857? <laughs> I don't know. That's even how Bible verses are coded. Um, you can find us at the Riverdale Register Podcast. You can find me at Riley Tweets for now on Twitter, but we'll see where that goes. Mm. Um, either way, hit, uh, hit us up on Instagram because it's fun to chat with you guys there. And for now... Ooh, oh, next time on Riverdale. Next time on Riverdale. Veronica hosts a makeout party. I love that for us. Ready? Yeah. Over and out, River Vixens. <laughs>